Amen. Are y'all blessed life this last few weeks? God has done some awesome things. Pastor Joel's brought some amazing messages. And um, we're looking forward to wrapping it up today. But the cool thing about today is we're not just tying, wrapping up a series or a year. We're wrapping up a decade. I mean, this is the last service of the decade. You know, and so God's got done some amazing things in your life. We'll talk about some more of that in a minute. But first, uh, Brother John Red has a word he wants to bring in the body really quick. So if you'll come up and give that to us, Brother John, we'd love to hear from you. Brother, I love that word. Brother, Brother yeah. Elder. Brother Elder, John, Bishop whatever, Elder. Bishop, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that old. You know, we were singing the song a while ago, God of Miracles, and second song about you've never forsaken me. And I just want to share something real quick with you guys. We, uh, the Lord's burdened my heart with regards to depression. Um, some of you guys that know me know that 2016 is a year that Lisa and I call the year from hell. Um, I was in severe, severe depression. And the Lord brought me out of it. And not for a minute was I forsaken. And he is the God of miracles. And I, I felt this heavy burden. I felt this for the last several weeks. And I guess as an elder, I do carry some of that burden spiritually for, for you guys. But don't carry it any longer. Amen. God wants you to lay that down at the altar. And so today, during altar ministry time, Lisa and I are going to go over here in the corner. And if you are struggling or you have a uh, significant other struggling with depression, yeah. come over there and see us. We believe that today, Amen. today is the day that God wants to break that off of you or off your loved one. If you have overcome by the power of God depression, I want you to join us and surround whoever comes over there and pray yeah. for them, with them. If y'all will do that, that'd be great. So that's what we want the Lord to do with you, for you today is to get rid of this stuff. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So yes, definitely, if God's given them that word, y'all take advantage of that here in a little bit if, if that's what you need. But um, as we get started, I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter number 2, and we're going to go to verse 52 here in just a minute. But I want to kind of take a minute and remind you, that in the clip we just watched, you know, we saw all the, all the kids getting back on the Polar Express, getting ready to go back home, and they got in line, they were getting their tickets punched, and um, it was weird, you know, like our pastor about, you know, in a previous message, you know, sometimes we don't see the whole picture. Sometimes we don't see the, what the, we see the beginning, we don't see the end, or we, we kind of see where we're at right now, but we don't see the whole thing. And so he was completing the word that he started at the, at the onset of their journey. And so the, the, the neat thing about it was each word was a unique and personal message that was significant to that individual. And so as we wrap up this series, I want you to be seeking God as we wrap up this decade and this, this year and whatever's going on, be seeking God for a unique, personal, and significant message that he's got for you this morning. You know, don't, let's not go into the next decade. Let's not go into the next season of life without getting a fresh word from the Lord about that season, about what he's got for us, and about what we can be stepping into as believers. You know, each child had a different personality. They came from a different background and had a different inner struggle or need, so that each got a different word from the conductor. God's got a, a specific word for you in your life. He does bring general words to the body. He brings general words of encouragement. But he has this specific word that he wants to speak to you personally that will propel you into the next season of your life. And so as we're not only closing out this, this time, you know, allow him to give you that, that word so he can bring you to that new place. So before we go any further, I want to take just a minute. I'm not big at looking to the past, but I want, I want you to reflect on your life over the last, not just year, but the last decade. And let's, th let's think about some things. If you're like me, 10 years ago, I had a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. Now, I've got a 17-year-old getting ready to graduate and a 15-year-old getting ready to drive. You know, life changes as we go, and life, and life does some things. You know, Zach's getting ready to graduate, Katie's getting ready to start driving, and um, 
you know, I've got less and less hair as time goes on. Uh, you know, I blame them. Uh, but the, the cool thing about it is I can go into this next season of my life where I can look back at these last 10 years and I can look and I can think, well, have I simply grown and changed because of life experience? Because I've had 10 years now, 10 more years now of parenting experience. I've had 10 more years of marriage experience. I've had 10 more years of pastoring or ministry experience. And so has my life been shaped by those 10 years of experience? Has my life been shaped by my personal walk with the Lord? Has my salvation shaped my life or has I let my experience shape my life? We've got, we've, got to, we've got to look at this question. So that's the question I want you to ask yourself this morning as we go on. Ask yourself, has my life, had, life experience had more to do with who I've become than my salvation has? Than my walk with the Lord has? So ask yourself that question. Be reflecting on that because as we move into the, into, into the rest of what we're going to talk about, um, there's going to come a time at the end where I'm going to ask you this question again and I want you to begin to think about what word has God got for you this morning that's going to propel you further into the salvation that you walk in so that you can move into this next season of your life be, being ready for, for what God's got in store for you because I promise you it's great. And so I've got to ask myself, am I just older and quote-unquote wiser because I've got more experience, or am I truly 10 years deeper into what salvation has for me? You see, some of us are the same person we were a year ago, or maybe even 10 years ago, because we've not let ourselves grow spiritually, we've not had an encounter with our salvation the way we should. So we have to do more than allow our life experience, good or bad, to be our teacher. We've got to do more than allow, allow our circumstances to shape who we are. We've got to do more. Now, he's going to walk with us. And he's going to be our conductor through those things, through those trying times. But we've got to allow him to do the teaching and him to show us who he is in spite of the circumstances, not because of the circumstances. And so um, his eternal words, when we're talking about this morning, he's going to give us words to live by. His eternal words will grow and develop us in the midst of temporary circumstances, allowing us to come out on the other side with so much more than just experience to show for it. So if y'all are in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, um, you can brace yourself. This is a, this is a long one. Uh, the Bible says in Luke 2 verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased or grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. See, wasn't that hard? That was tough. So as, we, as we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna begin, we're going to begin there, but I want to talk to you this morning really quickly about the tickets that these, that these uh, children received and the messages that were on them. You know, the, the, we're going to talk about the first three, and then here in a little bit we'll talk about the, the special ticket at the end. But I want to I ask you this. Um, what's your ticket going to say this morning before you go? You know, begin, begin, begin letting your heart get open up to what he's going to punch in your ticket. And so the, one ticket, the first ticket was believe, there was learn, and there was lead. And so as we begin talking about this, I want, I want you to experience that you, you're going to have with your salvation. But... We've got to move on from simply being born again to experiencing what salvation is in our lives. Born again, born again is step one. Born again is the ground floor. Born again means that you simply, you, you, you know you're going to heaven, you know Jesus has, has saved you, but the, the lordship aspect and the salvation aspect needs to continue on in our life. When Mary had given birth to Jesus, she was not at the end of her old way of life. She was at the beginning of her salvation. When you're born again, you're not at the end of something, but you're at the beginning of something. You, 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 did, you did put a close on that old chapter. You were brought into the kingdom of light, but you're at the beginning of something new, not the ending. And so Mary was holding salvation in her arms. Mary was experiencing the excitement of a new life. But that, 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 that salvation didn't stay a baby. That salvation grew up. Yeah. So when you were born again, 
You're, you're experiencing salvation in its, in its infancy. You're experiencing salvation in its newest, in its newest most, most, um, most like, what is that, juvenile form. It's in its, small, its smallest form, its most basic form. But what happened there was you put, your, you put your faith in the Lord and you believed on Him and you were saved. That's just something we're talking about, the ticket that believe. You know, you were, you, were, you were brought out of the darkness into light, like we just said, and you were born again and you, you believed on Him. And, you, and all you knew at the moment, though, was that you weren't going to hell anymore is that Jesus loved you and that you, you weren't going to spend eternity apart from him. And that's a great thing and that's an awesome thing to know. And that's, that's faith foundation 101. You've got to believe that you're saved. You've got to believe that he was risen from the dead and he is your savior. But as, as you know, that salvation didn't, you know, Jesus didn't stay small. Jesus grew and you, you're experienced with him and you're going you're gonna to see as we go through the message, everywhere in my message I've got a capital S for salvation because salvation and Jesus are interchangeable. So when I say the word salvation, you can put Jesus in there. When I say the word Jesus, you can put salvation in there because Mary gave birth to salvation. Just like you're born again, God births salvation. You're born again, you're, you're a new creation. And so the next ticket was learn. Mary had, to, Mary had to begin to raise salvation. Salvation was her responsibility. Your salvation when you're born again is your responsibility to make sure that it grows and learns. And so salvation had to be nurtured. Salvation had to be taken care of. She had to change salvation's diaper. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of who Jesus is, but he was born in a human form. She had to change salvation's diaper. Salvation had to be burped when he got done eating. She had to take care of salvation. She had to make sure salvation was, was especially in its infancy form, was taken very good care of. She had to make sure that he was, he was warm and, and fed and taken care of. And so salvation also, went as he grew, had to be taught. You know, he was born human. He chose to take on human form, so he had to be taught how to, how to relate to others. He had to be taught how to um, read and write. He had to be taught how to take on his father's trade and be the carpenter that, um, that Joseph was. He had to grow and be taught. Salvation had to grow. He had to be allowed to go run and play. He had to be fed well. You know, all these things, when you, when you think about salvation, when you think about Jesus being salvation, the way he had to grow and change is the same thing that should be happening with the salvation in your life. You should be feeding, you should be nurturing, you should be growing, you should be, be teaching it, yourself on how to, how to walk in those things. Finally, salvation had to become strong. Salvation had to mature. And so we come to that place to where Jesus became a man, he grew. And so at that point, at that time, salvation had to take the lead. And that's the final ticket. The final ticket that we're talking about right now was lead. And so a time would come when Mary would have to submit to salvation and he would have to be allowed to take the lead in her life. And so, just like many times now, you know, my mom will come to me for advice. Not very often. She's pretty smart. But, uh, but, uh, but sometimes I get asked for advice from my parents and, and so they allow me to take the lead sometimes in some things. Just like in your life, whenever, whenever Jesus grew up, all of a sudden Jesus became, went from being son to rabbi. He went from being her, her, her baby boy to her savior. You know, so we've got to allow salvation to take that same role in our life. And you've got to understand that salvation must play the lead role in the life of anyone that considers himself a mature believer. If, if, you're, if you're a mature believer, then salvation plays the lead role in your life. Now remember, you can exchange Jesus. So Jesus plays the lead role in your life if you consider yourself to be a mature believer. So you must come to the place where you operate from salvation because of salvation's continual work in your life. We've got we to understand that we're now, now that we're saved, there's more to salvation than simply being born again. We've got to understand that salvation is a, is a continual walk that we, we walk out with the Lord, that we walk out with, with Jesus himself. Salvation cannot be fully experienced by simply trying to live up to a list of expectations and requirements. 
And this is where a lot of us, a lot of us get in that place where we, um, we, we get born again, all of a sudden we, we start seeing Christianity as do's and don'ts and not a relationship. We start seeing Christianity as, as simply a, 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 a standard that we've got to try and live up to rather than the, the one that we walk alongside every day of our life and we're allowed to teach and, and train us on a, on a relational basis. And so to experience true life means that you experience life from salvation and not trying to live up to it. But we've got to understand, we've got to learn how this happens. And so if you would flip over to Matthew chapter number 9, and we're going to read verse 28 and 29. And so... We, we, like we said, we've got to understand that sal- salvation is, is something we experience. Salvation is something we grow into. Salvation is something we, we begin looking more and more like every day of our life because we're trying to be and, and achieve who Jesus is because that's what he, it's what he called for us to do. In Matthew, 20, 20, in Matthew chapter 9, um, a little background, there, when Jesus was walking, walking through, through town and there was a couple of, of blind beggars that said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us and, and come heal us. And so it says, when he entered the house in verse 28, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. You know, faith really is that simple. It's just, yes, Lord. You know, when you get that, when God punches that word on your ticket, when he puts something in your heart, yes, Lord, that's all there is to faith. Yes, Lord, you step out and do it. We make it so hard sometimes. It says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. He, said, he didn't say according to how strong I am, to who I am. He didn't say according to, to the fact that, that, I am, that I am the Son of God. No, he said, According to your faith, be it unto you. And so the fact that they knew to call on Jesus, the fact that they knew who he was, the fact that they had established the fact that, okay, if I can get close to the Son of God, I can be healed, their faith in his power, their faith in who he was is what changed them, not the fact that Jesus could just take over because he was God and, and change something. No, he, he allowed their faith to make them whole. So the ticket, you're, the ticket to experiencing your salvation is your faith. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus referred to people's faith as being how they received the, the benefits of salvation. So if you're going to experience more and more salvation, if you're going to experience everything that salvation has for you, you've got to get to a place where you're building your faith to receive the things that God's got set aside for you. A lot of us don't allow our faith to get strong enough to, to obtain healing. A lot of us don't allow our faith to get strong enough and our salvation to get strong enough to ob- obtain, obtain the, the deliverance from the depression that um, our brother John was talking about. A lot of us don't allow ourselves to get to the place to where our salvation is what, is what leads and guides us. A lot of us get to the place where I'm so-and-so and I'm saved as opposed to salvation becomes who I am. Salvation becomes how I walk. Salvation becomes what you see in me. So the extent to which you experience salvation is directly related to the extent that you live by faith. So Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, It's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one can boast. And so you've got to understand, it says you're saved through faith. So like we just said, the extent to which you want to experience salvation is the extent to which you're going to increase your faith. You've got to have faith to receive. To access anything that salvation encompasses, you've got to have faith to receive it. The blind men experience salvation through healing. See, salvation or healing is a benefit of salvation. So, you know, we as believers have a divine covenant right to walk in perfect health. It's, it's, it's part of salvation. It's part of the package. It, salvation doesn't stop being born again. But we don't know that we don't unless we allow ourselves to begin to experience what salvation really is. We're never going to experience um, the healing that comes with it because we don't allow our faith to reach out and obtain 
and grow and learn these things that God has, that has, God has called us to walk in. God has called us to walk in prosperity, and I know you, some may or may not like the prosperity message. The prosperity message isn't a message about money. The prosperity message is about I have wholeness in every area of my life because the salvation says, is what salvation says I can have. True prosperity has, has very little to do with money. It has all, everything to do with your relationship with Him and the walk that you walk. We've got to understand also that just like the, 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 according to your faith, Jesus said, be it unto you, according to your lack of faith, be it unto you as well. Because you, you can look at it both ways. Jesus went in Matthew 13, he was going, th- he was going through his own hometown of Nazareth trying to, uh, to, to witness and preach and, and do what he did and perform miracles. And it said he couldn't do much miracles, many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So you can tie God's hands in your life because you're not experiencing salvation to its fullest because you're not walking according to faith. So the more you want to experience salvation, the more you've got to understand that I've got to, I've got to grow myself and learn and understand what the Word of God says about me so I can have faith in that area and let Him bring those worst life in me so I can experience salvation to its fullest. I think it's funny in, in that verse, and it's something that God always says, it says, you know, he couldn't do many miracles there. Jesus was still doing miracles, even though there was a lack of faith. He was still um, getting faith out of some people. You know, so I, I think about our current church services today. If we had a couple miracles take place, this place would just boom, this place would go nuts. You know, Jesus couldn't do many there. He's kind of upset about it. You know, it tells us where, how far our salvation's got to come that we need to work on. So, so now we've so we got to ask ourselves the, the, the question, how does faith come? How do you get faith? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, it says that faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. I love the way the Passion Translation says it. It says, faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Let's read that again because that's kind of wordy, but I love the way it says it. Faith then is birthed and at heart. In other words, when your heart responds to God's anointed utterance from the anointed one, when he speaks and your heart takes hold of that, that's where faith comes from. That's called revelation. That's called the revealed word of God. And that's what he wants. That's how he wants to build your faith. And when he builds that in you, you experience salvation that much greater because you've obtained what he has spoken to you. And so that's where, that's where salvation begins to walk forward and move forward and become real in your life. And so what you've got to understand, though, is it says faith comes from hearing, not seeing. The Bible says the opposite of faith is sight. So the thing is, and here's, here's where, here's where we've got to understand, and, and, and let, me, let me finish my whole thought on this before you start um, um, casting me out. Um, this is simply a history book full of rules and regulations without hearing from the Holy Spirit about it. The Bible, it does say it's living and active. The Bible is, is life-changing, and every word in here is perfect and inerrant and true. But for it to become that to you, it's got to become the revealed Word of God. It's got to become the rhema word of God. It's got to become a word that he speaks to you, not just something you see in front of you on a page. Yeah. We've got to get past the place of, of simply doing our due diligence in the morning, getting up and, and reading a couple chapters or what, whatever, whatever our um, religion tells us to do, and expecting God to change us because we haven't allowed him to speak to us about what this says. The same guy who wrote this is the same guy who wants to touch your heart with it. same guy who wants to punch your ticket with what's in here. The, the thing about it is, when he's speaking to you, you might not get to a whole chapter. You might not get to a whole verse. You might get two words in. He starts downloading so much stuff, you've got to stop and say, keep teaching me. But those two words will change your life forever because he revealed them to you as, oppo- as opposed to you be- being stuck in a place where you st- you're reading your, your, your so many chapters a day so that you ease your conscience on who you are as a Christian. We've got to get religion. We've got to get works out of our life because faith 
works through love, and that love is that relationship with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for the Logos to become personal to you, the Logos is the written word, you must allow the conductor to punch your ticket with a ram or revealed word that will sustain you on the way to where you're going. So here's the key, though. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And so you can say you know the will of God, but if you're not doing it or not walking by it, you really don't know the will of God. The thing about it is when he punched your ticket with a special word, when he, when he shows you something out here and reveals something to you, you begin to walk forward doing it because why? Because it's become real to you. It's become revealed to you. It's not, a, it's not something you heard a preacher speak about very, very fastly. Sorry, I'm, I talk fast. It's not, it's not something that you've heard, you've heard Pastor Joel say to you. It's not something that you enjoy watching um, somebody else get so excited about. It becomes real to you, and it changes how you function. It changes how you act. It changes how you move forward because all of a sudden, it's not just words on a page anymore. It becomes your, it becomes your salvation. It becomes who Jesus is to you. And so you get to a place where you're walking forward and you're experiencing salvation on a greater level because all of a sudden, what this says has become you. You've, you've become changed and transformed into this Word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit revealed it to you. It's not just, you know, we've all had that experience where we've known a verse our whole lives and we read it one more time, and all of a sudden, oh, that's what that really says. You know, it's, it's the same thing. All of a sudden, you're experiencing salvation in a greater way through that verse. You're not just allowing it to be, be simple words on a crust that's on a pillow, maybe in your home. We've got to come to that place where we experience Him in a, in a greater way. God and His Word are one and the same, so when He writes a word on your heart, He's really imprinting Himself on your heart. He's making Himself look, He's making Himself become more and more of a party. Why? Because you've simply opened up and allowed Him to begin to speak, allow Him to, be, to begin to um, change and, and revolutionize who you are. When He speaks, it's for the purpose of strengthening your faith. That's why a real and working relationship with Him is so vitally important. That's why salvation taking place in your life on a greater level every day you know, 10 years down the road from now, like we were just talking about, you're either going to be more saved or you're going to be saved the same amount. And I'm not saying you're going, I'm not saying you can, you're going to lose your salvation, but you're going to be experiencing salvation in a greater way. You're going to look differently. You're going to be someone different. You're going to be, you're going to be more identifiable as Jesus or you're going to be less identifiable as Jesus, depending on what you've allowed your salvation to do in, in your life. And so it's like I said before, your salvation is your responsibility. It's not God's job to sit you down, strap you in, and start downloading stuff into you until you can't take it anymore and say, now go, go and live by that. No, it's, it's up to you to say, God, I value your word enough. I value your relationship, my relationship with you enough. Please implant something in my heart that I can live by. And he'll implant that in your heart and you begin to live by it. You begin to walk by it. And when he, when he does that, when you begin to change, unless you start living and, and changing your life according to that, don't expect something else. You know, the, 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 t the children that got their tickets punched, you know, that was for them to move on for the next season, but eventually they're going to come to a season in their life where they've got to get their ticket stamped again. Eventually you're going to come to a place in your life where you're living fully according to the revelation that you've received. He's got something new for you, and so live according to that. Let that build you up and more, more into your salvation experience. That, but then he's got something greater. He's got another word. He's got another, another step of faith for you to take. And, and, and the whole time, you're experiencing salvation on a greater level. You're experiencing what it means to, to really be exuding the love of God from people where maybe you weren't that person before. Maybe you really like to be around people now as opposed to like you were before where you just choose, you know, you were introverted and want to be by yourself. We've got to understand who God is and what he, what he, what he has for us in the area of faith when he wants to, to do that. He wants to punch your ticket with a word that will not just sustain you, but propel you into a greater manifestation and revelation of your salvation. See, we should see our salvation manifest in front of us. We should see our salvation heal the sick. We should see our salvation. Why? Because remember, salvation is Jesus. 
you know, we should see our we should see our salvation um, draw the people out of depression. We should see our we should see our salvation bring us to a, bring us to a place to where no matter what comes our way, no matter what what we experience in our home life or our work life, or no matter what comes or goes, our salvation stays where we're at. We stay on the same level, irregardless of what's going on around us, because we're allowing salvation to be the leader. We're allowing salvation to be who teaches us. We're allowing salvation to be the one that guides and directs, not our circumstances, not not what not what happens around us on a, on a daily basis. So he's not just trying to tell you what to do. When he, you know, sometimes you take a well, God just tell me to do this, or God's saying go there, or God's saying this, and we, we go back to the to the well, he's God, so I gotta obey. No, he's not just simply trying to tell you what to do. He's revealing himself to you to strengthen your faith, so you can experience more salvation, because that's why he came, that's why he died, that's why he rose again, was for you to walk in this salvation just like he did. Just like, just like he was on its earth, just as Jesus was on its earth, that's, that's who we're called to be. That's what we're supposed to be. But we cannot do that without experiencing salvation beyond being born again, be, beyond the, um, the, the one year and the, the, the two year and the three year. We've got to get to the place where we can look back 10 years from now and go, man, I am 10 years further along in my walk with Christ. And I'm glad I'm not where I was, but I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure excited about where I'm going. And I know that God's got greater things set aside for me. So faith comes by hearing, and you're saved through faith, so what that means is where hearing stops, faith stops. So any time that you're not hearing from the Lord, you can naturally assume that your faith is not being strengthened, so therefore it's gradually getting weaker. So if, we, if you've gone for, for, for what, feels, what may feel like a long period of time and not hearing from the Lord, then um, you, probably, you, can probably, you probably already noticed by, just by default that, man, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I was. My faith isn't what... What it was, what it was, and my, I don't feel like my salvation has the impact on my life that it once did. And so, it simply goes back to you asking God, speak to me again. God, show me the last thing you told me so that I can begin to take that up again and be obedient to what you said. So, where faith stops, salvation stops. And I'm not saying that you lose your salvation. I'm not saying that that you're that you're going to go back to who you were before. But what I am saying is you be, you stop experiencing the salvation that He's got for you simply because you've stopped hearing. You stopped allowing your faith to grow. So now let's wrap up by talking about that special ticket. You know, the, the, little, the little boy from the other side of the tracks, however you want to say it, the one that wasn't as, didn't seem as fortunate as the ones that were already on the train that they, they stopped for, you know, he had a ticket that said depend on. He flipped it. It said rely on. He flipped it again. It said count on. And he said, that's a special ticket. And I, was, I want you to notice what the boy, what the boy said, though. Whenever, whenever he was um, about to get on the train, he goes, can we count on you to get you home? He said, yes, me and my friends. One of the greatest um, aspects of our salvation is that we get to experience it along, alongside other people. You don't, have to, you don't have to be saved by yourself. You don't have to be experiencing the, the good things that God's got for you all on your own. He wants you to do it alongside others. And so at TWBC, we call that group life. So you know it's going to get there eventually. Uh, if, you really want, if you want to really see your salvation become everything it's called to be, it's going to take others. Why? Because there's going to be days when you need the word that God's got in somebody else. There's going to be, day, there's going to be days that I need Jason's salvation because my, mine is weak at the time. There's going to be, there's going to be days when I, need, when I need someone, someone to walk alongside me because maybe I'm struggling with maybe a word that God's given me and I'm like, God, is that really you? But someone who's enjoying their salvation is welcome who says, you know, I just really feel God, God has this for you. And, he said, and they tell you that same word that's been on punch on your ticket. And it gives you the, the courage and the boldness and the faith to step up and go. We need each other so badly. We, we, I need your salvation. You need my salvation. We need each other's Jesus. We need to see what Jesus looks like 
You need to see what Jesus looks like through my eyes. I need to see what Jesus looks like through your eyes. Because in doing so, we get a better view of who the Savior really is. And so we want, you to, we want to see you establish relationships with other believers that you can count on, rely on, and depend on as we walk through this adventure we call life. So now, like I said, we're going to go back to the original question. One year or ten years from now, will you just have more life experience?